from Mission Viejo. Good evening, my name is Dean and I'm a grateful alcoholic. Um, thank you very much for asking me to participate in my recovery this evening. I have a sobriety date of June 23rd, 2018. Um, I have a sponsor, I sponsor other men in this program. Um, and uh, I went to my first Alcoholics Anonymous meeting when I was 15 years old. Um, and that was a requirement from the high school that I went to and my parents, because I believe at the time I was displaying alcoholic tendencies uh, at that point. I mean, not many 15 year olds, I know anyway, like have to pound three beers on the way to the bus stop to, you know, start their freshman year in high school. But those are things that I did. Um, and from that point on, you know, I, I was in and out of the rooms and in and out of treatment centers. And, um, you know, I, I, I would say I maintained my uh, alcoholism and my drug addiction through high school and through college. <clears throat> and it wasn't until um, after I graduated college, um, I was a professional musician. And when my band moved out to the West Coast uh, to tour the West Coast, that's really when I crossed the line that I, I, I couldn't return back over. Um, and I completely tore my life down out there. I had sold all my worldly possessions. And, you know, at 28, I called mom and dad to uh, rescue me and send me back home to New Jersey, where I grew up, to live with them at 28. And um, I had a, an opiate addiction at the time. And in order to uh, try to get through that, I, you know, I drank daily to numb the pain of withdrawals. And, um, you know, I got on a methadone program and I went back to school only maintaining still, you know, um, and I got a degree as a surgical tech and an x-ray tech and um, still at that point making money dove into my disease. I got married uh, as an alcoholic. I had a child as an alcoholic. My wife never even really knew who I was. Um, and so I tore, I tore my life down and I put this woman through hell of, of her backing me and saying I had one more chance as I went to treatment center after treatment center after treatment center and having an infant child to look after and take care of. I, I was the, the house husband, if you will, because she had to earn the money because I could never keep a job. And, um, I would drive my son to daycare drunk and pick him up drunk and, um, you know, intravenously use drugs while he was in my care. And, you know, I, I died and overdosed a couple of times while I was caring for him and watching for him. Um, and um, my alcoholism really took off. I was 240 pounds and that wasn't because I ate. It's because I had so much fluid buildup in my body from the fifth to plus vodka that I drank on a daily basis. Um, after throwing up blood every morning just to try to keep something down so I could get on with my day. Um, I had surgery on my throat because I was constantly throwing up blood and I had exploding blood vessels in my vein. Um, I also had contracted hep C as an IV user and pouring alcohol on your liver when you have a, a virus that attacks your liver. Um, I have cirrhosis of the liver today. I have 60% of a functioning liver right now. 40% of my liver is permanently scarred. Um, but after all those surgeries, nothing would tell me that I had a problem. Um, I had to have, I turned 
yellow one day and I had to have my gallbladder removed all due to alcoholism. And the doctors would tell me, you have two years left to live if you don't stop drinking. And I would say, okay, you know, that's, that's what I'll do. And then I would get home and say, what do those doctors know? And crack open a bottle of vodka and, and get right back at it. And um, this coupled with an opiate addiction, um, you know, I, I overdosed and I died and Narcan me, didn't come back, zapped me with the paddles to bring me back to life. And it wasn't until I had burned through the five one more chances I had with my wife and my parents were done with me that she dropped me off at the airport and I tried one more treatment center out here in California. And that was a little over two and a half years ago. And she dropped me off the airport and said, I'm done with you. Consider us separated. I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And I said, shit, I only have myself to save myself now. I have no one left to manipulate. I have no one else to lean on. No one wants me in their life anymore. And so I went to a treatment center in Laguna Beach and I did this program like my life depended on it. And I, like I said before, I'd been in and out of AA and I'd always tried 60%, 70%, 80%. But as we all know, 100% is the only way that this thing's going to work and that it's going to keep you sober. And so when everyone else would come home and watch Netflix and stuff, I'd call my sponsor. I'd have him pick me up and take me to meetings. I'd Uber to the Canyon Club in the morning and I did everything that my sponsor suggested I do. I turned my head off and I didn't think for myself for six months. And I worked my steps diligently. Um, at six months, I started sponsoring other guys. And, um, you know, I, I had some ups and downs in sobriety. And when they say that you're on a pink cloud in the beginning, I have a little over two and a half years now and I'm still on a pink cloud because I, I know I have a God of my understanding in my life that looks after me on a daily basis whether my perception of what's happening to me is negative. If I put it in the faith of my, of my God, it always inevitably turns out to be the exact thing that needed to happen to me at the moment to move forward and grow in my, in my program. Um, I surround myself with people in this program that are winners and that do this thing. I don't, I don't mess around with people who do this shit half-assed. I plug myself and I surround myself with people who live a way of life. And I sponsor other gentlemen and I take them through the book. And this book has saved my life. It, it, is, it is a design for living because I didn't know how to live my life previous to Alcoholics Anonymous. I thought I did. My ego told me that I knew everything and I was the center of the universe and everybody else's will should bend to mine. Don't you know that? And it wasn't until I had several gentlemen. I'm the, this is just the way I work my program, but I will do 12 steps. I'll take three months off and process and I'll do my 12 steps again. I'll take three months off and process. I'm on the third time of doing my steps and I've done it with different people, um, different ways of doing it. Just so that helps me when I sponsor other gentlemen. Um, and through doing all this, I've learned how to get out of my own way. I've realized I'm not the center of the universe. I've learned most importantly how to switch my perception on things because when I look at things through these small two eyes, that's the only way I see the world. And when I put myself in other people's shoes or try to live in God's will and see what he would have would be best for me, my life inevitably gets better every time. And when I future trip and think, you know, when I serve my wife with divorce papers, that she's not going to let me see my son. She's not going to do these things. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'll give those things. When I think I'm at a troubled point in my job or career. Oh my God, they're going to fire me. 
I get a promotion and it's all because I keep my side. I try to keep my side of the street clean. I try to do when I have that internal thing that says this probably isn't the right thing to do. I call three or four other alcoholics that have quality time and work a solid program and I run it by them. And usually when I present the situation to them, I'm presenting in a way where they're like, you already know the answer to this. Like what, why are you even asking me? Yeah. Don't lie to your ex-wife or don't, you know, don't do this. And by me constantly doing something every day to remind myself that I have a disease is the only way that I know this is going to work because through this whole COVID thing and zoom thing, I hit zoom hard. I kind of got over a little bit. I missed the connection of the rooms. I got busy at work and I feel three days without a meeting, my brain starts talking to me again and telling me, Hey, it might be a good idea to do this. It might be a good idea to do that. And as soon as I hop in a meeting, as soon as I talk to another alcoholic, as soon as I work steps with another gentleman, I'm instantly reminded, Oh yeah, this thing up here is broken. And I can't trust the way this thing works. I can trust the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. I can most certainly trust my higher power because the God that I have in my life today has not led me astray once. And there's been times when I thought, oh my God, why is God doing this to me? Three months down the line, I see exactly why God was doing that to me. Whether it's a lesson, whether it's some fear I have to walk through, whether it's something I need to learn to rocket me forward in my program and realize that this is an ongoing learning process for me. I'll be doing this till the day I die. And I, I've accepted the fact that if I don't do this daily, I've already seen the results of me just the way my head starts thinking just after three days of not doing it. So I'm so grateful to be here tonight. I'm grateful to be a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and thank you for inviting me to speak tonight. Thank you.